following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome back to Eat Sleep List. I'm one of your hosts, Dan Torres. Uh, with me is my co-host, Mr. Matt Johnson, uh, the brainchild of this whole podcast. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. I feel like we haven't been together in person in a while. It it's is really it's really nice to see you and be in the same room. As I you. know, I know. We uh we really haven't. Uh, I've been zooming a lot. I'm, I've been here a little bit more than normal. Mm-hmm. So when Thursday hits, I'm just like, oh, I just want to be home. But uh, cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. So all the time in the world for you. Man, so. I get it. It's uh, after a while, the weeks kind of drain and get like that. And, uh, you know, I'm hopefully in the process of like setting up a backup studio like in my spare room. So yeah. just in case on those certain days, I can just like zoom from home or do something like that. Absolutely. Um but I'm excited for the list that we have today. This is a unique one, and it was kind of it was challenging. It was um, very challenging. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, pop culture. We've been doing a lot of pop culture stuff uh, lately, uh, you know, trying to find the balance because I do want to find like real life stuff too. And then I was like, hey, I haven't had my good friend Andrew Lenz on the show in a hot minute. Uh, but he does everything, but his. His focus is, I mean, Andrew, you're a pop culture guy. You literally have uh, a podcast or two. Uh, yeah, one. One. About <laughs> now, lucky bastard. Uh, he got well, I got, the second the second one's coming in December. That's right. Yeah. And then the, the actually, the one that I have now, I just renamed. Is, did. I As of October 1st, I don't know when this is coming out. Uh, let's talk, but no politics is come to an end and we are now known as the nostalgia funhouse so you gotta send me your uh you gotta email me your stuff so i can update it for you on the website yeah so what andrew if you don't mind me asking what made you uh change the direction from let's talk but not politics over to that because both names are really really good i've actually enjoyed uh that podcast for a really long time but um what made you finally make the switch towards that uh johnny townsend i gotta give it to johnny townsend before i never had a co-host and then i johnny kind of i i love johnny and we make fun of it all the time uh matt would know there's probably no better co-host you know that you could even ask for you know out there in uh in johnny but he kind of like was like he was there for me when i needed a co-host and then after a while he was just there (laughs) <laughs> and I deal with so much nostalgia stuff anyways that I just feel like if something's like 90% of your business, why not advertise towards that? Right. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in, in a way, thinking in, I'm, I, I don't make anything off podcasting, but it, I'm going in a business sense. But I just feel like the Nostalgia Funhouse really projects what we do. And kind of goes off of what me and Johnny do. Uh, very first episode, we just uh, threw out a segment called, you know, 
nostalgia fix or cash grab this where in the beginning of the show before we talk about our topic we recently did the new monsters movie and we just talked oh. about is it just oh. does it help you with your get your nostalgia fix and say oh that feels good you know like i really enjoy that or is it just cash grab this where it's like hey how can we try and make money off of people's nostalgia memories because ask man i hate that so much oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's a problem it's definitely a uh <laughs> it is it is definitely a problem yeah the the last power rangers movie felt like that a little bit remember the one they did like about uh, yeah, five years ago yeah. brian cranston is zordon yeah oh yeah it's weird to say that out loud that was <laughs> walter man. white yeah that, <laughs> that would be great to see like jesse as like alpha one you're like, yeah, it's morphing time, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that would have been a much better movie than they missed opportunity. Us. Yeah, they abandoned it pretty quick. And yeah, it was, eh, you know, what are you going to do? You can't redo something that's, you know, been. Well, actually, I think Netflix is doing a show, a Power Rangers show. I, I but a show is different. Like, if you're going to yeah. take a Power, a Power Rangers movie and, and turn it into a, a whole thing that was a series that was hours and hours long into something that was 90 minutes it's never going to work in that sense right um but johnny or, or not johnny i'm sorry andrew but, good for you i was thinking of johnny because we were just talking about him it's not a problem <laughs> i will good play for second you fiddle to johnny i will ride johnny's coattails yeah all the um, way to the top congratulations on the name switch i actually yeah. i went through a similar thing with my podcast i rebranded the whole thing because my brother just became my co-host on the entire thing so it became a whole different show so i know that feeling of going through that and uh it's so good for a uh, good on you and that should be a really really interesting listen so. yeah it's a it was a scary moment but i decided to just rip the band-aid off and get it done yeah no yeah. i get it i get it uh andrew is a returning guest we've had him on many 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 times yes uh, i think you have like five appearances on the show i'm matt we've four gone or five before like when it comes to podcasting matt just is like hey you want to do this and i'm like that rick and morty mean son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> right there for him we went through the two point off season grind together so we sure did we're you and i were talking at least four days a week yeah some instances so um and here we are here yeah. we are this is uh we don't get to rec- we don't get to record as often as i would like anymore but regardless here we are top 10 magazines so yes. uh the reason i was looking at this is because you know as we get into a more tech savvy tech heavy age um magazines are kind of a it's it's so tough. Magazines aren't really popular anymore. It's a lost art. It really is. Yeah. They're there, but people don't flock to the shelves to go get them anymore. And I yeah. used to love, I would read, I would get magazines from Wegmans and Hills and wherever I can find, Barnes and Noble, and I would just read them over and over and over again because they were just, they were full of plenty of, you know, stuff to take in and read. And yep. uh, yeah, it's uh it's a it's it's a really cool thing. I'll still if I find a really good one, I'll pick it up. But yeah, yeah. And this was interesting to go through. It was a weird walk down memory lane because it was some things I haven't seen in years, and then right. others that I'm like, oh yeah, those are still around. A lot of it was you know reach, thinking back, reaching back early two thousands, late nineties when I could get magazines, when magazines were prominent, and what did I enjoy reading? What did I enjoy looking at and looking at over and over and over again? And and really just 
yeah, and spending my hard-earned uh, allowance on yeah. uh, on a comic book or a magazine. So that was a nice little thing to go to Tops as a kid because they had a huge magazine section. It's it's not as nice anymore. At least the one in Niagara Falls isn't. It's it's like two bookends. It's like two like the ends. Oh, like that... the, I, the I think they call them aisle caps. Um. It's it's really bad. Wegman still is probably the best one. I'd yeah, see. Wegman's and Barnes and Noble, really, really good. For sure. But so without further ado, why don't we dive into our top ten magazines? Uh Andrew, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Number ten, we talk about nostalgia and everything else. I gotta go Playboy. My man. Uh I almost I, pulled the trigger. I, I almost pulled I, the trigger. I was thinking up until this point, I was thinking to myself. Should I do it? Should I switch it out? And the one that I would have put in the spot, if I was like, you know what, I'm going to back off, is I would have put Disney's event, Disney Adventure. Two totally different things. <laughs> that's, that's polar opposites. Although I'm sure Disney like owns Playboy in some way. I'm sure they yeah. do in some sense. Absolutely. But I'm a before the internet guy. Like this was the king's treasure, the holy grail. Would you say if one of your friends was like, I got my hands on a Playboy? Oh, it, yeah. It was the most magnificent thing in the world. I remember my brother, who is older than me, getting me the Sable Playboy. I was like, dude, we, we got we, we to gotta get this. And he was like, you got money? And I was like, yeah, probably overcharged me because that's the way he is. But <laughs> I don't think I can talk about magazines like through childhood or magazines in a whole without talking about Playboy because it was just that thing that you didn't talk about. But now that I can talk about it, I feel a little bit feel a little bit better. So that's why I got him at number ten there. Yeah. I, I'm all the way here for him. my uncle had him right next to his toilet, and I <laughs> and uh, I used to love it was I used to love going over his house then because it was my only. Uh, you know, just in my only bed with it. You know what I mean? My parents were collecting it. And I'm like, oh, wow, well, I want to go over to Uncle So-and-So's house. Uh, <laughs> like, why? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Can we stop by his house? I got to use the bathroom real quick. <laughs> it was amazing. It was absolutely I learned, I learned a lot of dislikes and likes that women might have. That's from true. Playboy. A little bit more, uh, too much reading. Uh, you know, a little too much reading. Uh, for my taste, but hey, you know, growing up uh, as a picture guy, picture guy first, reading second. So, you know what, though, I will say, and this is, I, I can make the joke, mom. I know you're listening. I, I bought it for the jokes. Uh, first of all, and then everything came secondary. I'm sorry. Um, but when uh, the one time I had one, and I remember just being like, I want to see what the articles are actually like. And they're super well written. They're very actually well like very, very. I remember reading this whole thing about uh, how Nick Cage went broke, like went from being yeah. an Oscar winner to going like super broke and just every step that he did. Absolutely. Yeah, that was it. That was like that knowledge I have from Playboy from like reading that because it was a gentleman's magazine. You wanted to like learn different. For things sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I absolutely support that as your number 10. That's a great choice. Matt, what you choose as your 10? All right. I got probably the most basic of uh, video game magazines here. We got a couple of them in here, but the most basic one, it's actually still going to this day. I did not. Uh, I was actually surprised to see that uh, electric uh, electronic gaming monthly. 
Okay. All okay. right. It, again, really super simplistic uh, video game magazine. It, uh, but I liked it at the time because it covered a little bit of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, growing up in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was either I got one console and that was it. And we were play, we were team PlayStation. We didn't get Nintendo. We didn't get Dreamcast. We didn't get Xbox. Uh, you know, that's what that's the generation I was in. So to kind of open it up, skim through, see what's new, uh, upcoming games, read articles and interviews and stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, like I said, it wasn't anything significant, eye popping, but it was one that I do have fond memories of. So, yeah, absolutely. It's weird with video games, especially now, because it there's such a force that you can find articles about it on the Internet everywhere. Correct. So it made those old uh magazines where you could get a collection of reading a bunch of different things at at a time and finding these cool articles about your very uh about your favorite video games it made those so much more special now yes yeah because of that for sure yeah i have i think i have a lot of video game magazines actually one two three four oh god half my list is video game magazines we did a we did an episode of Let's Talk, and it was just all about video game magazines. It was, it was. I, they're the best. That was the that was the time, man. If you didn't have that video game magazine, you were you were far behind in that game. Yes, yes. Somehow, I just like reading it, like upcoming stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just it was just cool to be that connected. Because again, I didn't you know growing up again late nineties, early two thousand. I didn't get my first computer until two thousand two. Like home, like home computer to use. Nice uh, HP uh, Hewlett Packard with space pinball and all that jazz. And uh, yeah, it's just like that was my way of staying connected. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. So it was like taboo to like, I don't know. And I wasn't taboo to like video games back then, but uh, not everybody did. So you found your you found your your stuff. Yeah. Exactly. It was a different world than it is. Now. Completely different world. Um, but what, great number 10. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so mine, I actually cheated a little bit because it's like somewhere across between like a magazine and a tabloid. Mm. Uh, but this is the National Enquirer that I put as my number 10. <laughs> I love that. Dude. I love that. I, it was close. It was close. <laughs> it's so it no matter how you knock it. You read those articles and you're like, what the hell is this? This is the most interesting thing I've ever read in my entire life. (laughs) And it's like, if you're a sane person, you're not believing most of the stuff. You know, with the Internet, a lot a lot of people are way more apt to believe certain things. But some of the stuff they'd put in there, like, you know, Hillary Clinton being abducted by aliens, (laughs) uh, you know, certain celebrities secret downward spirals like places, yeah. love relationships with goats. It's like, what? Like, what are you smoking to get this in your magazine <laughs> and be actually be writing fully informed articles about this stuff? There's no way there. The conspiracy theories we see now and all those theorists are all probably influenced at some point by the National Enquirer. Everybody's seen, I mean, everybody has seen one. Like you can def- definitely I, say that you have seen one, whether you were with your parents at a checkout, you know, at, at the grocery store, or you just, you know, whatever. You've seen them. You've seen them. Never, I was never allowed to buy one, but I, the, reading the cover, I was like, what is this? I still remember bat boy found in a cave somewhere i think like in argentina or something (laughs) and it just looks like before photoshop was just an everyday thing it just looks like somebody just photoshopped 
this nice black and white picture of this kid's face kind of looking like a bat on a bat like <laughs> body almost but it was bat boy and he was found in a cave wow. that one stands out the most to me that's fantastic i i just i love those old photos like that i would yeah. see like the aliens they would use would be like the party city halloween costumes that you get every year right oh it was terrible it was so bad but that's why <laughs> it made my number 10 because that's it's a, so bad it's iconic that's a good one i i i mean obviously as a magazine i think it's fair I yeah. think it's a. I mean, it's your list, obviously, but I think it's a fair choice for it because they did, they did what weekly? They might have did monthly publications. I, I don't even yeah. know when that dropped. I just know it was always there, always with there. The candy bars at the cash register at the grocery store, right? And that's what I it was like. It was always there. Like, who's buying it? Who's funding this? I want to <laughs> know. I want if you bought, if you ever bought a National Enquirer magazine paper i want to hear from you because i have i have never seen one purchased i've always seen them just sitting at the side of tops it must cost like a dollar to produce or something i have no idea i don't know they were doing some photoshop back then i could have been too cheap <laughs> yeah definitely and i love some it. value in it i freaking love it great choice buddy thank you all right mm -hmm. on to our number nines andrew you're number nine sir <laughs> this is like once again complete opposite of the spectrum highlights the lovely highlights magazine you're chilling at the doctor's office as a little kid and you're like your mom's reading her people or you know what is it us weekly that they have for the adults but they always had the highlight magazine. oh yeah and oh you could God. like and you could like do you know find what's wrong with each picture you know what's different from each side you read the stupid jokes and everything else it was wonderful as a kid. It was kind of like your, it kind of was like a kid's first, like people are us weekly. It was just filled with kind of nonsense stuff to keep you busy while you were waiting. And I don't think my life would be better or could be, you know, what it is today without a lovely highlight magazine. Cause it was like, Hey, I want to be like my parent and read a magazine, but this way I can do a word search or, you know, Go through and find out what's wrong with each picture. Ah, you brought up a I I completely forgot. It's so good. It completely forgot it. Yeah, they. that was one that when I was doing research for this list, every time I saw a cover for it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it just brought me right back to like every time I was in a doctor's office or something like that or in school, they would even have them sometimes. Yeah, they were awesome. Mm hmm. Yeah, they were the best. I did have a teacher that always had them, and I think our dentist office always had them. Dentist or doctors, one of the, one or the other, one or the other. That's a great choice, my dude. Yeah, absolutely. I love these ones that just bring back the good memories. Uh, yeah, that made me feel all tingly. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're number nine. All right, my number nine. So this, so this, uh, the magazine regularly. I don't read all too often, um, but there was a stretch of time where they were dropping. Uh, special edition. Some some magazines do this, like entertainment. I mm -hmm. love when they drop special edition on like movies, movie trilogy, movie stuff. Like they did a really cool spread for when Avengers: Infinity War came out. But this one is my second video game magazine, Retro Gamer. Uh, yes. they have console specials where they do an entire magazine dedicated to a retro console. First one I ever purchased was an Atari twenty six hundred book. I think I still have it over there it's really cool it has like the wood it had the wood paneling 
Um, it was literally like you're looking. I got to find this thing, but I'm pretty sure it's in that corner over there. Uh, like you're looking at the Atari and it just goes through the history, articles, the, the, the pros, the cons, sales, statistics, the best games for it, the you know, all that stuff. It went into really good detail. They had one. It was a split magazine where you flip it back upside down. It's like like one half of it was Super Nintendo. The other half was Sega Genesis. And it was the same concept. It was so cool. And I'm sure they did it for several other consoles, too. But, um, I've yeah, I found those ones at Barnes and Barnes and Noble. Uh, many years ago, and they were just uh, so much fun. I love video game history, and uh, you know it was just really cool to kind of look back and just and just see and hear the stories from from those older days. When those older days, those older days. Well, I mean, hey, it, it was a lot more challenging to sell video games back then. I think so those sure. older days were like around my childhood, man. I know, I know. Well, you're <laughs> you're you're an old man, so <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost there. You said like Atari twenty six hundred. I'm like, that was the first system I ever had. <laughs> I see. PS one defines my generation. Yeah, I was, I was like when I turned six. That was the thing. PS one. Yeah, I was like right in the middle of the old generation. Yeah, yeah, I was five, so that it checks oh, out because Matt's only a year older than me. I think you're two. Thirty. Yeah, I'm thirty-one. Yeah, I'm twenty-nine. Yeah. Okay. So you're only. You're yeah, only barely, old. barely, barely. But yeah. I'm here. So. Yeah, man. Um, that's a great one. I've actually never read uh those ones specifically before. Like I said, it's just like a special one. It's not one of those ones where I was like, oh, gotta have this every month. Gotta have that. It was boom. Right yeah. There. So, but that actually leads perfectly into mine because my number nine is uh only so low because I don't have too many memories of it from childhood. But it's PlayStation magazine. So, like, the PS1 magazine was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite part about it being not even the magazine, but the demo disc you would get inside of it. Because that was just such a great feature. Like, hey, this is our console. This is what we're doing right now. Um, and, And, like, here's what's coming up. That's the best way you could possibly advertise your games. And I have I have this running joke on my podcast about the the one time I picked up a demo disc from um God, it must have been like Best Buy or something like that. Yeah. It probably was inside one of those magazines, right? But there were like 10 games on there I could play a, a demo of. Yeah. Um and I could still probably name it off. I know that Gran Turismo 2 was on there. Um Sled Storm, this game I used to play for PS1 all the time, was on there. Um, um Jam Alami, if you remember that game, that demo was on there. Oh, yeah. Um, NHL 99 or 2000, the Sabres were playing the Stars. That's that's what they gave you because that was the Stanley Cup. Oh, year. no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, it, it just had the most memorable one for me was it had the Spyro 2. They had two levels of Spyro 2, which is my all-time favorite video game. And that was my mm. first exposure to that. Um, but we have this running joke on the podcast about how, like, we bring up all these games that were from our childhood. And I keep going to, like, when Cheese Man will be on there, I go, you know what that's from? It'll go, Demo Disc? And I'm like, yep, it absolutely <laughs> is. Um, so that's why it landed in, because that was some of the best marketing you could possibly do. For I can assure you it is uh, on my list as I well. Figured, I figured that's why I didn't delve into it too much. Andrew, you too? I, what, PlayStation Magazine? Yeah. No. Not on your list? Not on, not on my list. Okay. I was the idiot. So my brother's like three years older than me. So at this point, he's working. I'm definitely not. A, he's like out of school. 
and he comes to me and we always used to do football seasons like Madden, Tecmo, Super Bowl. And he said, okay, new, we're going to get the next generation console. What should I go with? Should I get this PlayStation that came out or should I get the Sega Saturn? Oh, and oh. Me, me going with the horse that I knew in Sega, in Sega, I was like, get the Sega Saturn. Mm. We all can't make good choices in life. but <laughs> Ooh, that's, yeah. that's a so, big rip. That's I don't think I had a PlayStation 1 until they shrunk it down. Mm. Oh, really? To the smaller size. We got ours in, I uh, maybe it was, oh, man, maybe it was, like, early 97. I know my first two games were Casper and uh, Space Jam. Yeah. Jeez. Christmas of 1998 for me. And my first game was Rugrats Search for Reptar, which mm. was a baller game as a kid. So good. That is a great I think I still have that. That's a great yeah, game. We had a Nintendo 64 and then the Sega Saturn. Because you, you you go with the horse you know. Exactly. You go yeah. with the horse you know. And PlayStation was this new new funky thing. Like, what is I, Sony doing? So, I love the intro. The horse I, you know. I love the intro. Oh, it's the best. And uh, anytime I find it somewhere, that that sound just brings out this nostalgia factor. I listen to the inch, the old video game, the turn on sounds mm-hmm. all the time, all, all the time. time. <laughs> um, but yes, that is my number nine. Great choice. On to our number eight for this list, Andrew. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this name, but WWF magazine. Mm-hmm. That was the best. I don't know when it came out, but up until about 1993, when I kind of stopped watching wrestling before I got back into it for the whole Attitude Era, it was one of the best magazines in the world. You get to see the merchandise, and damn, I wanted one of those ice cream bars, but nobody ever sold them. And then I finally (laughs) find them at Walmart, and I get a John Cena, but my son gets a Macho Man. Talk about a rip. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah. I never wanted to punch a kid so badly in my life. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> hey, come in, come work at a school. I can make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was just a cool magazine to see. Like it, it was mostly looking at like the merchandise and see what was coming out. But then you get the articles, you could see the posters, and that's when Ultimate Warrior was huge and Hulk Hogan, and just to see all those guys like as a kid was just mesmerizing i mean we talked about it when we did when wrestling was great those were larger than life real life superheroes for me as a kid Mm -hmm. yeah and i loved the wwf magazine great covers every single time just stood right out to you on that magazine rack yeah Mm -hmm. that's you you're looking at the older i mean i was the older version i remember my one friend brought the uh there was one with vader on the cover of it when i was in second grade He's like, yeah, look at this magazine. I'm like, oh, cool. Vader. <laughs> it's Vader time. It's Vader time. So good. I actually have, I think I donated them here, right? I have a couple of yes. old WWF magazines that are still laying around the studio right now um, with Brett the Hitman Hart on the cover, uh, Andre, 
Uh, I think Hogan's on one of them, and then Macho Man's the last one, maybe. I'm pretty my, sure. My uncle had them like sitting around forever. Oh, and and also a program from uh, Survivor Series 1990. I think that's awesome. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So that way, it was cool nostalgia items that he that he found uh, that were just you know sitting around as a fan forever. Love the old stuff. Ah, so good. <laughs> Um, that's a great number eight. Matt, your number eight, sir. My number eight, I am going to, I'm going to get this one out of the way because it's so beta. Um, I'm going to go with Sports Illustrated. You can't go wrong with Sports Illustrated, I think. Um, it was, I mean, the photographs, I think it, it covered everything. Really cool photographs, really cool stories uh, to tell. Um, I, I loved their Super Bowl recap ones or Super Bowl specials that they would present, but um, the Sports Illustrated did a good job of hitting every single sport, and that's what mm-hmm. I enjoyed so much, right? It wasn't just the big the big four, right? It wasn't just hockey, baseball, football, basketball. Covered tennis, covered racing. Uh, they they would touch on, rest, you know, uh, like collegiate Olympic wrestling, uh, you know, on occasion, cycling, all that stuff. And it was just it was just really cool to have all your sports stuff right there. You just read it. Enjoy it. Look at the pictures and have a great time. You don't have to listen to people arguing on ESPN, uh, right? Sports Illustrated, it was its own thing. It was its own identity, right? ESPN had their own magazine where they sold their thing. Sports Illustrated was just literally just sports. It was the perfect, perfect uh, athletic magazine. Yeah, it's it's so good. It, to this day, it remains just such an amazing force. Yeah, it's still going strong. It's still going strong. And they've done, like, they've done wrestling, right? Like, pro wrestling. They've had pro wrestling, uh, you know, pro wrestlers on their covers at, at, at various times. Like, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, mm-hmm. um, kudos to Sports Illustrated. It's timeless. I say it's beta because it's so popular. But yeah. it was, it was, you know, it, it's. But it's still going strong today. You know, I can go to a Walgreens or Rite Aid, and it's sitting right there every time. Yeah, oh, so good. Uh, the great number eight. That's a Thank really you. and in and, and some form of it may make an appearance on my list. Yeah, like okay. But yeah, I think I. I, I wonder yeah. why. I wonder <laughs> why. I wonder. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, not for me. I got the Playboy. Remember? No. Um. <laughs> 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 So my number eight has already been mentioned, but it is also Highlights Magazine. How could you not include that? I I absolutely loved um, any time I could get my hands on one. I used to actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think I used to like even borrow them from the library every once in a while, too, and just go through old ones. Um, it, it, they just had such memorable um, segments and everything. Like while I was looking through this, I started to like remember old things they did like Andrew had mentioned some of it before they did like hidden pictures they did you know spot the difference between like these two um they had goofus and gallant where goofus would do everything right and he'd be like the polite one and gallant would be like or no goofus would be the f up and like gallant would be the nice one if i'm not mistaken um but they had stuff like that. They had the Timber Toes, which was like their own little. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. I forgot about them until you said that. Yeah, exactly. And then like they had jokes and riddles and everything like that. It was it, it was so such an amazing, amazing magazine, especially as a kid. It made uh, it made such a nice impact. And you're right. It gave you something to read while your parents were reading like the grown up articles on everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, like. 
like when I take my kids to the well, when they were younger, there was actually like toys at the doctor's office if you were in like the they separate them now when i was a kid they were like ah you guys can all get sick yeah uh in the well room <laughs> in the well room and now there's like toys and stuff and i'm like no make them read and make them go through and get a highlights magazine or a zoo book or something i like the one oh zoo books uh summit pediatrics had i love their, their that's where i went and they had this cool thing where you yeah, there was like six different colored balls, and you had to push them, and they ran through this like s- this track thing. Like there was a there was a hole, like there was a like a track going through the middle of each of the balls, and you had to move them through. So cool! I loved getting sick so for that cool. reason. Yeah, me too. I loved. I loved. I loved getting sick to play with those balls. Um, <laughs> great times! Great times! Oh Lord. That's very gonna, good. That's very gonna good. get clipped. I love <laughs> highlights. Is just so that's so iconic. That's probably like the most iconic trans, like just generation transcending uh, children's magazine. I think there is. Yeah, absolutely. If not, it's definitely like a top three. Oh, so good. Um, but yes, that made my number eight for the same reasons that you had it on your list yeah. too. Very good, gentlemen. Very good. All right, our number seven, Andrew. Game Pro. There we go. There, the Game Pro. So as we get into the multi-council generation, like Matt was saying, you could go to many different magazines. I preferred Game Pro. I think because of the rating system with the little guy with the weird funky head and like if the game was like crazy, his hair would be stuck up and everything else. And <laughs> I don't know. Reminded me of some weird 90s stuff. But Game Pro was the best when it came to figuring out do you want that game you know what game do you want to you know buy uh codes and stuff like that i mean there's another uh video game magazine on my list as well but after that one kind of fell off game pro was like my go-to i remember i had to sell magazine subscriptions and my mom was like just pick one you want it was game pro game pro was all the way i great covers great articles advertisements were a little weird but i love game pro magazine yeah these are pretty cool covers i'm skimming through it right now um yeah both gaming magazines and comic books have some very weird ads strewn through oh for sure like they they know their audience i love looking back at comic book ads Uh, old comic book we did it we did an episode years ago on the panel discussion before like when it was when greg and chris were on and we actually brought we we brought books together and we try to find the weirdest ads we can find I bet I could that would be a very fun episode for y'all or, yeah, or what's going that on would be really good yeah i think so <laughs> i think so there's a lot of like gems in there a lot of hidden gems in there yeah so game pro is a good one yeah i didn't even i didn't think of game pro when i was putting this together <laughs> oh, so good um number seven matt all right very good andrew uh this is where i'm gonna put my first of two wrestling magazines um, this one's actually kind of a tie. So when I got back into wrestling in 2003, there was uh, they had the brand split, and there was Raw magazine and SmackDown Ooh. magazine. Each of them were, I think they were ten bucks a magazine. Jeez. But I used to save up money to buy both of them because they were just so cool. It literally, they did a great job at separating both the shows and just doing their own thing. Um, and each magazine was a little bit, you know, a little bit differently than, you know, or, or formatted a little bit differently than the, than the other one. But I'll never forget. I was at 
it was when it was Wilson Farms, but this uh, Wilson Farms on 95th Street by GG Man School. I know exactly where. <laughs> you know exactly. As soon as you yep. walked in, it was right in the front, at the very front, at the right. And I was going there with a friend one time. Like, is that a WWE magazine? And I'm like, they really have. Like, they really have. Like, this is sitting right here in my Wilson Farms, a five minute bike ride <laughs> from my house. And uh, I went home. I stole money out of my parents' drawer and I went and bought it. And Jeez, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I had to. It had Kane on the cover. It was right after he unmasked. Okay, I'll let it slide. So it was, it, it was a worth theft. It was so <laughs> cool. And I would just I, you know, and this like you can bring magazines to school. Well, most magazines. Yeah. I, you bring them to school and I would I brought it to school and it was, dude, it was so good. It was so cool. Uh, to, to have that, and everyone's like, "Oh, let me look at your, uh, let me look at your magazine. Let me, you know, all your wrestling friends." Uh, because it's, you know, when you're in middle school, it's hard to strike up conversations. But if somebody sees something you're, you're, you're wearing or reading, they'll they'll talk to you about it. They'll find that's the that's the kind of that's the bridge right there. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of wrestling fans just bringing in Raw and SmackDown magazine. It was, dude, it was so cool. I I loved it. I every single month I was buying one of uh, both. For a good for a good stretch of time, I was buying one of both. Yeah, I remember had that like when the brand split was still happening and they were separate magazines. That Which was... I liked. I wish they would actually do that. Uh, they always say they're going to do it, and they change it within a year. But back in oh like oh two oh three when they were actually doing it, wrestling was perfect. They kept everybody away from each other. And they were their own shows, the different pay-per-views had, or different brands had their own pay-per-views, and then they crossed over for the big four. Yeah. Should have never changed from that. Yeah. <laughs> and now Tony Khan's clogging the indies the same way. But I Dude, everybody's all elite. Yeah, I know. Everybody. He's just, I, I he, think I just signed last week. So yeah. if you guys want if you guys need tickets, I'm all elite now also. <laughs> I love those memes. <laughs> I love the memes of everybody becoming all elite. Dude, at some it's point. so goofy. Last year when uh Steve from Blue's Clues released that video, I saw one that said Steve, Steve is, is all elite. elite. <laughs> I said it to Cheese Man and he just he just texts me back and goes, Do it, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> When when the Jaguars signed Urban Meyer, I made one. Urban Meyer is all elite. I feel bad for the one now because the Jaguars are doing good. I don't know if you remember it. I just made one. This is the only thing elite that the Khan family will ever own. Oh, and now the Jaguars, so they might have taken a little offense to that. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all for it. Hey, good. Good for Jacksonville. And Good I'm, for Jacksonville. And I mean, y'all just beat the Chiefs on Sunday, so yeah. But it was ugly, and they should. But yeah. they won. But a win is a win, Matt. And oh, Miami, Miami shouldn't have beaten Buffalo. We can't go. Oh, we can't get it. He's a Dolphins now. fan, so you just struck uh, a nerve. I, I, I congratulations. <laughs> a win really is a win. Is a win. Is a <laughs> so win. I'm sorry. This is the one digression I have to make right now. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been that bad for me i thought it was such a competitive game i thought it was a great game i'm so happy for tua because he's getting the respect he deserves i actually just drafted him on my fantasy team because like i do i need a i need a solid i need a solid qb um but uh the worst part was the other day i'm leaving my in-laws and a miami fan who's next door that i don't even know this dude he's just like there with his family i'm wearing my josh allen jersey and he's pointing at me from his porch (laughs) going I am like having like ulcer attacks every single week. Like I really wish they would kind of go back to being bad. And Matt kind of knows this. I am the most 
pessimistic Dolphins fan you'll ever meet in your life. Like my record for them going into the season, if I would have had to say we were like two and 14. Yeah. I just want them to beat the Jets twice. And yeah, that's, exactly. and that's it. So I'm like the most pessimistic. So right now, like everybody's all hyped and they're like, Oh, the Dolphins, no, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We won three games. We won three games. Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. Let's enjoy it one week at a time. Yeah. I just enjoy it one week at a time. I enjoyed it. Today's Thursday. Now I'm back into like worry mode because we have to play the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my whole thing. This is true. Yeah. Big game tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Good. Congratulations, though. This is yeah, really I, good. I just wanted one. I just wanted one. You can go back to seven straight again. Just. I told Matt, I, I just want one. <laughs> That's the only person I can really talk to because he's not a Bills fan where I'm like, I just wanted one. Yeah. Just give me one. Well, if it helps, I'm not the type of Bills fan you typically see throughout Buffalo. I'm very, I'm very open-minded as far as yes. talking about other teams. He's not, like what that. he's trying to say is he's not a douchebag. Yes. Oh, thank, okay. you. thank you. <laughs> he's not one of the, I'm Bills Mafia, baby. We'll go win every game ever. Super Bowl! <laughs> Yeah. I do got to say the funniest thing I did see was my friend sent me this thing of like dolphins reactions, dolphins fans reaction. And the one guy, he got me laughing and it's for like you said, kind of like the douchey bills fans as he's sitting there in our rock stadium. And he said, Hey, bills fans, get a piece of paper and a pencil, write down all the excuses. So I got <laughs> something to wipe my ass with this week. <laughs> and I enjoyed it for like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, now we got to come back to reality. Oh, yes. fantastic. But, so that was fan of the flames. Yeah. So yeah, good for you. Good for you. Um, so yeah, Ross Smackdown magazine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> loop it right back. Couldn't give my... Oh man. Um, so <laughs> my number seven on this list. Uh, so this is my, my grown up doctor's office magazine. It's people magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a solid staple in the, in the magazine world, right? Everybody gets sucked into pop culture in a certain way. But normally they really do have something for everybody that you just see and you're like, oh, that'd be interesting to read about. And it's not tons of gossip. It's very like interview heavy and talking about certain media that's coming out a lot of the time. They try not to slander tons of people. They do, yeah. but they try not to. Um, and it's just it's one that's always popped up everywhere. I worked at a grocery store for six and a half years. So I'm just used to having that view of seeing down my register and just seeing every magazine that's listed down. And people was always the one visually out of all the pop culture ones that was always the most appealing too. And like, you know, you look at everybody looks at the sexiest man alive, sexiest woman alive every year and like things like that. They've become um, pop culture staples within that. So that made the list for my reason. I'm not necessarily a gigantic fan of it, no, I... but it made my list because, you know, it's definitely a cultural icon. And I think it does deserve a place. There. Absolutely. I think, I think it's a guilty pleasure. There's for sure. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. Like you, you're not going to come out to a bunch of people and be like, you know what? I really enjoy a good people magazine every once in a while. But if it's like, you know, like a friend has it, and all of a sudden you're like, you read people too, and they're like, yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay, good. I feel like I'm not alone. Yeah, in this, in this people mag- magazine loving wo- thing that I have. You know what I I I, I uh, equate it to, like uh, like I, like I'll go with it, like sex, right? Everybody's <laughs> done it, but yeah. nobody likes to talk about it. Admit to Everybody's it. Oh. read people. 
nobody likes to talk about it. <laughs> it's like buying, like buying condoms. Like you should not be embarrassed for doing it because yeah. you're going to go do something that that person's probably not going to do. But yet you're like, oh yeah, okay, just right. got it. It shouldn't be that weird, but it is. It, you know, it is. So. Yeah, very uh, much so. so that's the that's a fair comparison. So very good. No, yeah. there's no shame in people at all. No, I think so. we're I with you. So. We could start like a little support group podcast thing if you want to. Pe- I would people. love to. The people podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the people of people. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So on to number six, Andrew. You're number six, my friend. Uh, Matt already mentioned it. It's it's Sports Illustrated. As oh, a sports yeah. fan, you gotta love it. And the cool thing about Sports Illustrated was that I always look for is they used to have like ridiculous quotes about like would be like stupid quotes. I know there was one from Michael Vick talking about he has three strong weapons, his legs, his legs and his arm. And you're like, dude, that's two. (laughs) (laughs) Or, and the other cool thing was how they highlighted kind of, Matt kind of alluded to it is um, high school or college athletes from the other sports like you learned about so-and-so from this high school who's a world-class swimmer or something like that and you're like i wonder if they're gonna be anything one day if not oh well but still cool you made sports illustrated which is huge which is more than i can say for myself but it's it's sports illustrated the special issues or kind of seeing who is going to be on the cover so who's going to get the curse and everything else yeah, that's that's something I was going to bring up, right? Was the the covers on Sports Illustrated itself can be so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think of the one it wasn't was it a cover of Sports Illustrated but yeah, I think it was the one with Michael Jordan where he's got the five rings on his mm-hmm. hand and he's got his hand up. Mm-hmm. That's become such a icon in all of sports media. All of it. There, there have been such amazing like photos that they've taken that have ended up on the cover that uh, have you know stuck around for years and years and been like parodied and things. For sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Some, I mean, just absolutely some of the best sports images of all time. uh, Actually, I would dare say all of the best sports images of all time have come have, have been printed in sports illustrated yeah yeah the one i was not around for it but i love when they re- kind of redo it every once in a while is the classic larry bird one when he's at indiana state yeah and he's with the cheerleaders and they're they got like the sh- like he's the best kept secret and they ended up doing with dylan or well, who is it doug mcdermott which wasn't as good as larry bird in his career but it was still cool to see them repeat that yeah yeah hey you get an iconic pose yeah you try to do Try to repeat as much as possible. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, Matt, you're number six, my friend. My number six. All right. Uh, I'm going to get this one out of the way. It's it's literally just Fantasy Football Magazine. Um, plain and simple, Fantasy Football Magazine. To me, summer doesn't start until Fantasy Football Magazine has hit the shelves. I, will, I, I love buying a good Fantasy Football Magazine because, like, it's it's kind of like a, a, a seasonal encyclopedia like per, per year. I love going back and looking at fantasy football magazines from five years ago that I had. Mm-hmm. Love going That's back and look at them, see how much the league has changed. Like it's right there, physical print. Instead of reading stuff off your phone, going through Andrew and I spent enough time on pro football reference. Going through that, yeah. you have literally have a magazine that that it's a time capsule. 
that contains all the information, what these what these players did last year, why you should draft them high, you know, uh, all that stuff. Fantasy Football Magazines have done such a great job of uh, of putting that all together. So I love it. I know there's a ton of them that they put out that they're, you know, are available, but there's literally Fantasy Football Magazine is the name of the one that I always go to, and it's always good. They get really good covers. Um, but, yeah, cool time. You know what summer when it hits his shells yeah it's i i can't say i have the same feeling with certain sports but with ufc in general it's cool for me to sometimes go back and look at what the uh top 15 in a certain division was like two years ago right. compared to like now and it's so crazy because of how drastically different they are yeah like no one would have thought oh this guy's champ now this guy's not even in the rankings and he was undefeated at this time it. like it's those types of things are so cool to look back at and be like, oh, what if this changed? What if that changed? Yeah. What is what they got wrong? That's what they got right. Yeah. It's uh, I love that shit. So, yeah. So um, my number six on this list is my first nature magazine that's in here. It's National Geographic. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so much, um, it, you know, I, it speaks for itself at this point, honestly. Uh, I don't even think I have to defend any part of that decision, but <laughs> National Geographic, as someone who's very interested in nature and getting a better view on the world, it, you can't find anything better it's than within that. The images are beautiful. The articles are amazing. And you feel so informed when you're reading through the different things. Um, it, no matter where I see it, I'll usually stop and pick up an, an issue of National Geographic just oh, to at sure. least see some yeah. of the images within it. Uh, it's just, it's so beautiful and so well published. And, um, I just, I could go on about it forever. My dad, um, for a lot of reference purposes, uh, he's an illustrator by trade. So for a lot of reference images, he'll get magazines and, uh, National Geographic was one he'd get all the time because the images were shot so well and it would inspire him to like paint different things and do different things like that. Um, So I just have such fond memories of like flipping through those at home and just in the basement. But um, that's why it landed on my list. It's just such a beautiful magazine. It is. uh, I can assure you it is on mine as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great one. I'll tell my experience with it. Um, But yeah, I think it's a must have for for anybody who just likes, uh, I mean, history in a lot of aspects and just kind of what's going on with the world. And it, through beautiful imagery. Yeah. Great, oh, great shots. I feel so uncultured right now. Thanks, guys. It's okay. You guys both had that uh, that kids one, so we're good. I feel, I feel so uncultured. You guys are like, beautiful world, and I'm like, oh, listen. I'm like, baking pop culture references, and <laughs> my kids were learning about the Alamo. All I did was tell them, did you know it doesn't have a basement? I learned that from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I was, if it makes you feel any better, I was a Tyler Bass, or yeah, Tyler Bass field goal away from picking fucking Playboy for my list. So. <laughs> See, you gotta do it. You yeah. Take the band-aid off. Great choice, Dan. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad I, we, you I, and I have a few co- uh, common ones under. I love it. Yeah. I do. I like that a lot. Um, all right. Top five for our magazines. Andrew. Did you ever want to see into the future? Yes. This magazine allowed you to do it. Let me take you back to a time where you didn't know what was coming on TV the next day, but TV Guide 
did, damn it. <laughs> and it was the most beautiful thing in the world when you got a TV guide and you could flip through it and go, oh my goodness, this movie, this is when you actually watch movies on cable, <laughs> would oh go, you would go, oh my goodness, this movie's going to be on this channel at this time. The paper kind of teased you because they would have just for that day on the back. I remember that of the sports section. But TV Guide lets you see into the future in some weird way. And you could take out a highlighter and highlight it and circle it and make sure you remember that date. So you could set your VCR or make sure you are sitting there to watch that movie. Now we have this lovely luxury, like we talk about technology. We just go, hey, I wonder what's coming on 8 o'clock Tuesday. Let me just go through the guide and hit it to that point. But now TV Guide was that before anything else never read i think okay i read one article maybe in tv guide but other than that it it was still a magazine but still though it lets you see into the future in my mind yeah of what's going on on tv TV guide is elite i missed the tv guide channel that was a lot of fun um i had the little ones uh right it was it was the little books right yeah it was a digest side yes i was uh i was gifted the the ones that they did for wf Back in the day, it was like The Rock, China, Mick Foley, and Triple H, uh, and they—they they, it was like some kind of special cover that they were doing, and yeah, they had those on there. I remember they used to do NFL ones every year before the season. I remember being pissed off because we live—I lived in Western New York, and I couldn't get the Dan Marino one. Oh, <laughs> um, they did it regionalize. That's pretty. They cool. They did a regional. Yeah, that's really neat. Actually. That would have been a cool nostalgia item to have. Like that was, uh, that would have been. I'm sick. sure there's got to be some for sale, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and then I was even going to ask my family in Florida, and I was like, "Wait, they live in Florida?" And I was like, "No, they live like in Tampa, Florida." So uh, I see what I, I got. think the year. I think they were kind of doing it in a way. Maybe I would have got like Trent Dilfer and the Creamsicles. Mm. Oh, that which would have still been good now that I'm thinking about it. But back then, I didn't want the trend. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Great choice. Great yeah. choice. Very good. Matt, you're number five. My number five. I'm going to get this one out of the way. I only had a couple issues of it, but I love looking through my friend's collection. Uh, Nintendo Power, I'm going to put at number five cool. for, I mean, a lot of reasons. I've actually been gifted a couple of the posters that are hanging in the studio uh, came out of a Nintendo Power magazine. Uh I I again I I miss the the golden like nineties the the of of Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo, had a regular Nintendo when I was younger. Didn't play as much, but everybody had like I was happy to have a PlayStation. But N sixty four was where it was at, right? Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon Stadium, Super Mario sixty four, uh, Golden Eye, all these great games, and it, you know I, it, you know there wasn't a whole lot of that available there wasn't a whole lot of nintendo stuff you know uh in my vicinity available so when i got to it it was the magazine i couldn't get a console i had to get a magazine right it was whether it was for game boy whether it was for nc you know n64 stuff i loved when they printed the pokemon stuff for that but uh and toys r us toys r us had the it had it uh the magazine right in the video game aisle we used to you said to, to to take the slip of paper so you bring it to the cashier oh. and get the video game mm-hmm. it was always right next to that so uh thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed uh, that experience but yeah nintendo power is cool and some of those issues go for a lot of money today oh yeah a lot of money today 
great cover. I think the covers again were my favorite part because they, yeah, they, they took this like 2D or 3D character and they made it like I don't know, they made it look like a toy. It was crazy. It was so really cool. wild. So, yeah, I, I man, you just dug up a memory about that cash register. That was <laughs> you used to love it, wow. right? You took the slip, and if you didn't have any slips left, you couldn't you couldn't get the game. Oh man, yeah. I work okay. There we go. Here we go. I'm dating myself here. I worked at Toys R Us, and they were still doing it. And I just remember being jealous of the guy. They were like, "Hey, you're." They would like give us our assignments, like after we were done socking, and they were like, "Hey, you need to go over there and do the video games." And he got to just sit behind this guy. It wasn't so much that he got to like sit behind the counter. Like I'm not looking for laziness, but he was the one that you handed the ticket to. And he walked into this room that no other employee could get into and went in there and got you a game. And I was like, most kids aspire to be, you know, lawyers, doctors, astronauts. I just wanted to be the guy at Toys R Us that went into the room and got you the game. And I never got that. But oh, dude, that was like the that was the best feeling, though. That's oh. something maybe we maybe we could find a way to explore that in, in a podcast episode. Be, but yeah, oh. when, when that feeling when you turn the ticket, you watch the guy go and take your ticket and your heart's just thumping, yeah. thumping, thumping, thumping. And then he brings the game out. You're like, fuck, yeah. It's like handing like a ticket like on a, for a carnival ride. Yes. <laughs> like you're like, yes. oh, this is going to be so great. I can't wait. And then you get it, and you're like, this is awesome. 100%. What would we title that? Be like 10 things that feel way better than they actually should or something like that like 10 feelings that feel way better than they absolutely yeah like something to, like that we'll, we'll figure a way i mean hey we, we got have, we'll have to do a way i'm gonna we're not limiting ourselves to seasons anymore no, so johnny and i are gonna have to uh explore this one too because i'm pretty sure johnny's gotten the handing over the ticket ah here you go sir and yeah I, I that's oh, that's such a great memory. Uh, and then yeah. they're like, oh, we're just going to enclose everything. No, bring back the tickets, damn it. Yeah, for real. Um, my number five. I don't know if you guys were ever in Boy Scouts as kids at all. I was not. Um, Boys Life, the magazine, was one of my favorite parts of being a Boy Scout when I was a kid. So I was only in like Cub Scouts for a few years. Um, but that magazine was awesome. It taught you like handy things that like you can make yourself like you like diy stuff um it also had like cool stories that they knew like guys specifically would be interested like i think i remember reading like a sherlock holmes thing out of it the one time and that was like one of my first exposures to those stories but it was just cool because as a kid you the you know boys and girls are like they have to be separate right yes, like yes. you have to have that feeling but that was that was the no girls allowed magazine. That was the one where it was like you'd have no interest in reading anything like this. <laughs> Let me just have this and leave it alone. I used to have a bunch of issues that I like would look through time to time and just find cool articles and cool things yeah. to um, be around with it. But yeah, I unfortunately I don't have too many specifics about reading them because there were so many like you know it'd be like scrolling through the internet now and being like on buzzfeed and seeing like all these like cool little things that come through but as a kid it was so cool to have those all in one place and just have something that you were legitimately interested through the whole way through mm -hmm. um so that's why it made my list um my like i said the time my time in the boy scouts was very brief but yeah. the magazine was awesome it's it's a cool personal memory so so you automatically do you automatically get it for being yeah, in 
I'm kind of interested in this as well. I don't know if I automatically got it, but I know that if if not, my parents definitely signed me up for okay. it in some way. I think it might have been my dad who was who was pushing that for me. But yeah. it was um, it makes it, it makes was you really feel great. good. It makes you feel good when you get the magazines. Oh, yeah. when yeah. you sign up, when you're a part of something, you get the magazines. It makes you feel like you're you know you're a part of something pretty big. Yeah, the first time I ever moved out, I was getting comic books in the mail monthly. I would get like I couldn't mm-hmm. afford much, so I just ordered through DC and I got like a subscription of Batman and Robin monthly. No it was one of the best parts of my month to come home and see that my comic book got there yeah so it was such a good uh mail mail yes mail. good old mail <laughs> um all right Great choice, number buddy. Four. thank you sir andrew number four please all right uh kind of segue in segue from your comic books there is wizard i know it was kind of more it was a pricing guide but it was also a magazine and the coolest thing about wizard that i remember is is they would cast movies before the big superhero boom of movies would happen. Like, I remember they cast the X-Men and, like, who would play this person, who would play that person, and then you would go through, and not only was it for comic books, but it was also for toys. So you could see, even though I'm a, like, let-it-breathe guy, like Major Pod there, uh, I, you know, you were cool, cool to see how much it was. My brother, as he got older, would start to cry over the old Star Wars stuff because... He had a lot of the stuff from like the Empire and Return of the Jedi era, era there, but I just remember this was kind of this is kind of a nerd out comic book or uh, magazine in a way too because I remember not too many people read comic books until like X Men got popular uh, in the early '90s, and so if you like had a Wizard and was something with a comic book, they were like, "Come on, you're kind of a dork," but. I loved it. It was probably yeah. the one of the first pricing guys that I actually like wanted to read it and not just look up, you know, how much something is or anything like that. I, I actually used it for my Christmas list. Oh, because, really? Because it would tell you the first appearance. My dad had old comic books. And, and you know, looking back on it, I think it was like a money saving thing, but I didn't care. So it goes, if you ever want any of these old comic books, let me know. And if I have it, I'll give it to you for Christmas. So you'd look up, okay, what is the first appearance of this guy or this guy? I mean, he didn't have anything crazy like first appearance of Iron Man, but I remember getting the first appearance of Gambit and then seeing that there's kind of two first appearances of Gambit and everything else. So it was kind of like a little bit of a history thing and see where they fall in place and getting introduced into the comic book universe. I had one of those um at one point it was i think it was like the top 100 and this is what inspired our list the other a couple weeks ago uh the top 100 comic book covers of all time this was like 2001 or two mm-hmm. and oh it's so neat yeah so neat Wiz- um, wizards are just every nerd's dream yeah uh, it's the best so that's a great choice it almost made my list but i was like oh, i only really read it once so I only had one issue, and I kept that thing for a long time until my mom's like, all right, clean up time. Oh, yeah. I yeah. could be a millionaire if my mom didn't throw out my baseball cards. Oh, brother, oh my who are you telling? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, number four, Matt. All right, my number four is going to be uh, the official PlayStation US magazine, like yeah, he yeah. said. Uh, the demo disc thing was cool. I mean, it, it was it literally cost nothing extra. I think the book... If I my memory serves me correctly, I think the the the, the magazine cost maybe five six dollars back in the late nineties. Yeah, 
you know, which is fair. And then you get a free demo disc on top of it. I had one. Um, one of them, it was right before. Uh, oh, God. It was Crash Bandicoot Warped was the big one. It had two levels to play as that. One of them was the... Uh, one of them was the, uh, the the scuba level. Oh, yes. And then the other one was, I think, oh, God, I can't remember what the other one was, but there was a, a couple other ones on there, too. Uh, Tomb Raider 3 had a demo on there. Uh, there was a ad for, I think, the first Silent Hill. There was a Sesame Street game on it where you were, I think you were at Elmo when you were like, you were on a, on a pogo stick, bouncing around collecting letters. Um, oh. God, there was like a like a chrono something. It was some kind of RPG. Chrono Cross. It might have been Chrono Cross, but I had it, and I'm like, this is the coolest. I would just play it over and over again. I just so like the ambiance of opening, like putting it on, and the the screen select, and it was it was just, demo discs were I, another thing that I miss um, tremendously. Uh, but the magazine was cool too. I remember having one. Um, it actually might have been the same magazine, but it was a Resident. It had a Resident Evil two feature on it. It was images. I wasn't allowed to play Resident Evil back in the day, but yeah. it, it had all the cool artwork and it had cool, you know, visual stuff from it. And I loved it. I absolutely adored it. So uh official PlayStation US magazine. Yeah. I never would have had any interest to play Spiral if it weren't for that. It didn't it, plug it. Was, it was so because right, I mean there was nowhere for you to find out what games were coming out, right? Back in the day, unless you had a computer mm-hmm. and, and they were few and far between. You you get the magazine. You're like, okay, this is what's coming up. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Or you, they did have commercials back then too. They did have they were the video game commercials were a lot more prominent back then. But yeah, I think renting and with the demo disc in the magazine help cause help end a lot of problems with yes. bad video game buying. Yes, this is a hundred percent true. Yeah, we're looking at you, ET from nineteen eighty three. Terrible game. Terrible game. Terrible. It's hard to watch. Um, the, well, let, well, let's keep this conversation going because number three on my list is Game oh. Informer. Um, oh. So, uh, or number four on my list, I should say. So number four on my list is Game Informer. Um, that was, for me, finally getting to the age where I'm like, yeah, I'm buying magazines myself and I'm really into gaming and I'm happy mm-hmm. doing that. Game Informer was just the best because it's going over every console. It's going over the major games that are coming out every month. Um, I always just thought it was very well written when I would sit down and read Game Informer. Um, The awards every year that they did were always credible. Um, I always thought their opinions were very well thought out. They were definitely my most reliable source for anything video game related. Um, I remember when... It was Super Smash Bros. for the Wii came out. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite cover ever was on it, where it was all the characters just, like, all emerging on the cover. And there were so many at that point. Like, that was the first Smash Bros. game that they were like, yeah, we're, re- we're really bringing, like, a whole cast of people into this. Yes. Like, that's when they really... Melee was big, but then they started to really expand in Brawl. Um, now they have everybody under the sun. Literally everybody for this last <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but Game Informer will always have a special place in my heart for that. I had so many. I had boxes upon boxes of them. Yeah. But I will divulge this information at a later point this episode. I'm sure you will. <laughs> because it is, uh, it is quintessential for my upbringing. Amazing. Great choice, buddy. All right. On to our top three. Andrew, you're number three, my friend. 
Uh, this one is kind of uh, like what Matt said with the retro gaming. It's it, it's street spits, and they would do like a basketball issue, a football issue, college football issue, you know, college basketball issue. And I always used to get the pro football issue because it was a little bit more in depth what uh, Sports Illustrated was doing, where it would give you the whole roster, the whole depth chart, give you the draft picks, give you the grades. I think every once in a while they look back at like, last year's draft picks and give you um grades as well but i just remember always looking at that reading it trying to see who every player was when i could actually remember who every player was on every team and that was just the most fun i had like taking that to school and study hall and just flipping through it and like circling certain guys i remember i was like on this big notre dame kick so i was like everybody i want to know everybody in notre dame i want to see how many players are from notre dame in the nfl right now and just seeing all this stuff and then talking about different movements of players what you know what teams need to improve on it was just a little bit more in depth than what sports illustrated gave you for their opening football and i just always remember getting the street smith's football edition that was something that i bought like every single year. Very yeah. good. For sure. That's awesome. I'm sure I've seen it in passing before. I can't remember ever having that one, but I'm sure I've I'm sure I've walked by at a time or two. Very good. Yeah. My number three, this is where I have National Ge- Geographic. Nice. Uh for many reasons. Uh in recent like the last like five years I've flown more than I have in my entire life. And I spent a lot of time in airports and you can count as uh, on one of the reading materials being a National Geographic book. Yeah. Take it, look at some, again, learning. Like uh, the older I get, the more I want to learn, which is weird. I wish I had this trait when I was in, you know, high school or college or whatever. But the older I get, the more I want to learn. And and I, I love seeing this stuff, visually seeing it and learning how things go. I, I might have an issue in here somewhere, but I remember back in high school, you know, they would have they would have them just sprawled out. And it was a good time, right? It was a, it was always just a really cool way. I you know that the, the the cover instantaneously hooked you. It had the yellow border, you knew what was up. Uh, the yellow thick yellow border, and there was yeah. there was literally, uh, I mean, they have an endless source material, something for everybody. You know, you can look through it. I didn't realize this before. Either. This has been around since 1888. Yeah, isn't that crazy? A long time. Um, I love that. I wonder if they have a compilation book of like all the covers they've ever printed. I would love to see that. Yeah, they they probably do out there. Yeah, somewhere. I'm sure they have to. It's got to be an anniversary issue. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they do. So it's something I'm fine. But um, National Geographic. Geographic. I'm really struggling with that word today. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm having a hard time just talking. Just talking. But yes, National Geographic is my number three. Great, great publication. Yeah, it's it's just gorgeous all around. It's. It's any magazine uh, owner you you want to strive to be like as good as your pub in your publication as National Geographic. Absolutely. Um, so my number three is also nature related. Um, I put Ranger Rick as my number three. Ranger Rick. So Ranger Rick was um from the I believe the National Wildlife 
Foundation um, sponsored this magazine. Okay. But it was it was yes, they did. like National Geographic, but it was way more animal related. So they showed you more details about like certain endangered species, um, things that were around in certain areas of the United States, interesting things that were going on within it. Um, there was always a cartoon with Ranger Rick and his friends and like everything like that. And then um, what is Ranger Rick? What kind of animal is he? He's, he's a oh, raccoon. raccoon. Okay, so the game. I Guardians of the Galaxy made a joke of this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Star, I never knew what the hell the source of that was. That's <laughs> what it is. That's it's well, that was Rick. like <laughs> that was like an insult, even like when we were growing up. Like my mother, like if you wore a hat or something, she'd be like, Why you look like Ranger Rick? Ranger Rick over here. Mm. Dude. Dude, I, I had no idea. It's been five years and I've had no idea what you know, that meant. It's kind of shocking to me, like with how much you love nature and love different things, yeah. that you didn't have this magazine growing up. No. It was fantastic. It was, it got so many kids into the environment and into wanting like to conserve certain things for animals. Um, I just thought it was so, so well done. Another one my parents got for me as a kid, but Dude, it was awesome. so worth it. It was so, so worth it. I really had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my one of the God. reasons I get my love for animals. Like, and this has been around for a long time too. It's another classic. January nineteen sixty seven. Mm-hmm. This book has been out and still going. It has a nice website. I love it. It's amazing. I love learning stuff on these shows. Pick, so. uh, pick up a few issues when you can. Like, even I'm gonna have ones to that you can like flip through. They're very interesting. I'm liking the artwork of this one. This vintage one that's right on the Wikipedia page. It's like a winter with cardinals yeah, and, and squirrels. And it's like, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. But beautiful. my number three was Ranger Rick for that reason. Great choice, buddy. Thank Great you. choice. On to our top two. Andrew, number two, if you please. This one's kind of a more of, once again, a pricing guide, but also had great articles. Is I had quite the obsession in the 90s. Matt knows about this, of starting lineups. Uh, to yes. the point where I was trading in video games to get Jeffrey dollars so I could go to the local card shop and trade in the Jeffrey dollars for more starting lineups. I have never been addicted to drugs, but I could say this, this is the closest addiction I ever had, and it was bad. But it, it's tough stuff, and tough stuff was amazing because other than like other pricing guides, this was more of a magazine. It did have articles, and it encompassed every single sport to look up prices and also starting lineups and autographs. And it told you what starting lineups, you know, were going to be hot, what starting lineups were not kind of cards and everything else. So I was also huge in the card collecting as well. So this was like the go-to, this was my monthly thing I had to get every single time was was getting tough stuff but if i had to i'd give up my tough stuff for starting lineups because i really did have a problem (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um but this was it would like i said was the best you get you know an athlete on the cover each month if they were doing good it'd tell you which rookie cards were going to be hot like i said everything else had a word search i remember the word search because word search was always fun to do in school and it was just something great to look at for hours and hours and hours on end. I yeah. love tough stuff. I wish it was still around. I see the website still there, but I don't think it's been updated. I think I saw since 1995. So it's kind of dead, but <laughs> I, I love tough stuff. Very good. I love it. 
Very good. That's wow. a, that's so good. I never had anything that I was into that much that I could flip through it over and over and like start to memorize stats like that. And I wish I did now. I really do. It would have gotten my brain so much more tuned for later in life. I love tough stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was big old thick magazine because there was other pricing guides and but you had to buy them for each sport mm -hmm. or they would come out with a yearly one which was like as thick as like a small bible and but tough stuff had everything right there it came out each month and it was kind of like sports illustrated but for sports collectibles i love so it it had everything in there very good great choice andrew yeah good choice agreed. buddy your number two matt my number two is uh is pro wrestling illustrated pwi this is the best wrestling magazine in my opinion ever because it did i learned about other promotions i learned about the indies because of pro wrestling illustrated um re, you know the pwi 500 actually the the 2002 or three pwi 500 was the very no it would have been three would have been was the very first one that I ever purchased. Mm -hmm. Very first one that I ever purchased. And I'd get them regularly. I'd go back every year for the PWI top 500 every year. Then they had, I think the first book that I had too, they had the top 30 or 20 or something young wrestlers that could main event WrestleMania 30. And it was like cool because like John Cena and Randy Orton and Rene Dupree were in there. And they, they whiffed out a whole bunch, but. Uh, Cena and Orton are still going strong, and this is like after the rookie season, so they yeah. look very different. I've always thought that that you know it was cool because Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, before it was a little bit more storyline based, but now it's just no nonsense, cut through the bullshit, you no know, revisionist history, pro wrestling conversations, editorials, um, stuff like that, and I I I do admire this this like I really admire this magazine and what it's what it's done. Um, because you know, like WWE and stuff, you, you read it, but you also know that there's a revisionist history. There's stuff they're not telling you. They they pretend certain things didn't happen. Pro Wrestling Illustrated was 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 you know straight and narrow, no gimmicks, no BS. Just this is what's happening. This is news from around the area, you know, around the world. Here's your results from the last month or so, and 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 there it is. And I I I absolutely adored it. So PWI. Kudos to you. You are my number two. Yeah. PWI, I wish I got into more. It, it was, as a kid, I feel like I would have benefited from knowing about all those other oh, organizations so, so much earlier. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, I, I, like Japan and, like, I learned about TNA from this magazine. And this one, like, a year into TNA, and I had no idea what it was. I'm like, eh. And then I read about it. A little bit more, I was like, okay, I'll start tuning in. Like, I literally learned about it through PWI. I think I had, I think I had one of them because I was heavily into ECW. Yeah, like ECW was like awesome. And I remember they had. Did, is this the one? Did they have posters in it? Well, as, as well or no? They might have. I remember. I can't remember which one I had, but it was a wrestling magazine. It had a poster, and I wish I still had it because it had the. Like the last version of the ECW Dudley Boys, where it's not just Devon and Bubba Ray. It was oh, like the uh, whole family. 
Yeah, it was Big Dick, Joe Gardner. <laughs> well, he was he was Big Dick Dudley, the one-eyed monster. He wore an eye patch. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, I was like I was like eighteen. Okay, that, yeah, that was Dick funny Dudley. to me. I'm not, dude. Oh. Big Dick Dudley was the man. They were the, all of them. Spike. <laughs> Spike was yeah. the man. All then, of those guys. I was so pissed when Spike went when like they got everybody, and then Spike changed his uh, finishing move from the acid drop to the dirty dog or something. Oh yeah, it was I'm, I'm like oh, WWE. Spike Dudley, Williamsville, New York, born and is he really? Yeah, yeah. I love Spike. Yeah, when they when two CW was here when I was wrestling on the show. Spike was on the show too, and he he went and found. He said he went and took a ride and found his old. The house he was born in. He was there for like till he was like two years old. So that's awesome. So um, well, let's keep this going because my number two is WWE magazine. Hey, so I think so where where you had PWI to learn about the indies, I had um I remember I found like a PWI issue that was like an almanac of these different wrestlers. Yeah, that was fantastic. I absolutely like before I got to high school, that informed me so much of everything that was out there. I, I learned from T about TNA from that. Um, I learned about the fact that there was like new Japan and stuff like that from there. But then once I had, um, UIW, all of a sudden I had every bit of indie wrestling knowledge I ever could need in my entire life because these guys were on it. But, um, leading up to that, I started buying WWE magazine myself and those were the best because when I got into wrestling, I dove head first. I wanted to know every little single thing there was about like the history, about all these different things. That's why, even though I came in, in like 2004, I know all the way back to WrestleMania one, because yes. like all I went back and I studied everything that needed to be known from that. But WWE Magazine also helped me do that because they would go over old matches. If Survivor Series was coming up, sometimes they'd release like a like a special issue where it showed like the best of Survivor Series and like certain of the best matches that have ever occurred from there. And like some of the stuff that's my favorite wrestling items now I learned from from going back and seeing those articles and being like, I got to watch that match at some point. Yeah. (laughs) They used to do Fantasy Warfare magazines where they put super. There was one they pit Batista versus Ivan Putsky. And I was like, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Real interesting. And they talk about it. And they do. There was ones that really do like the science of moves. They they did a science of Ric Flair's low blow uh one time <laughs> like yeah twist the testicles around each other and <laughs> i was yeah. like oh. did you ever hear the like the weird rick flair theory that the minute you see him wear red it's an automatic loss you yeah. know yeah. did you ever hear that yeah. no i have yeah like i think it was like what culture one of the youtube channels did it or maybe even wrestling regret i don't know they kind of all blended but pretty much every match you see Ric Flair wear red trunks, he loses. Yeah. I got to look that one it, up. It's crazy. It, it really cool. is a crazy thing. Um, but the most specific example I could think of was um, in one issue they did, like, the best of every pay-per-view. And they went through and did, like, a deep dive on, like, all the best this, all the best that. Yeah. And... um one of the matches they went over for the Royal Rumble is one of my top five to this day. And it's uh, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho in a ladder match at Royal Rumble 2001. Oh, yeah. Which is a fantastic. It's so good. It's so beautifully calculated and just shows 
what these guys were willing to do for the business at that point. And, yeah. you know, Jericho still does. And if Benoit was alive and healthy, he probably still would be doing to this day. It's crazy right? to think about, but it's probably true. Probably true. But, um, yeah, it, as a kid, my knowledge didn't come from the Internet right away. It came from whatever I could get my hands on. And those yeah. were the most accessible to. So as a fan, it was so helpful for me to have. So yeah, that's why that landed as my number two. Um, but it's nice that you and I both had wrestling related things within it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah, good memories all the way around. Yeah, for sure. All right, gentlemen, we're at our number ones. Andrew, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So number one has already been mentioned, but I didn't, I didn't want to say too much. It's Nintendo power. Hell this yeah. Was the, f- I've never had the first issue of any magazine until Nintendo power came out. And when I got that first issue and it was for super Mario brothers two, and it was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to look through this. I'm going to get codes. I'm going to get game reviews because my parents would never let me call the Nintendo power line. So I could get tips and tricks and everything else. So I could be video games, but with Nintendo power, I had the power and I wasn't just He-Man. I like this was one of the most classic things you talked about, uh, Dan, waiting for your comic book. When I was a kid, Nintendo Power would come to my dad's house. I literally could not wait to go to my dad's house. Well, other than like see my dad and stuff, but so I could <laughs> check out the new issue of Nintendo Power. It was just so much fun just looking through at everything. And then when I got a Game Boy and they came out with the Game Boy section, it it was probably one of the most awesome things that I could ever have. I actually have a little like metal sign of it, which the Super Mario Brothers 3 cover because I couldn't find the original one. But I think Nintendo Power is, will always be number one in my heart. And it's just probably the greatest magazine I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it is. Uh, you've stopped it within the last decade, right? Yeah, I think they have a podcast now, actually. Oh, really? I think they do, like, it's yeah. just like a Nintendo power podcast huh i'll have to try and find that that's uh i mean that's it's cool it it does have a cult following and, and like i said i was i didn't even have nintendo stuff and i was still buying it right exactly. i was still going yeah. to find it because it was that desirable and that cool nintendo was just special it was just special they had that they they with everything nintendo was ever done they had foresight they were legit mm-hmm. trendsetters with everything right everything i mean like just the gaming exclusivity right the copyright stuff all the the nintendo wii switch vr technically they had the vr boy first (laughs) way before anybody (laughs) else did it wasn't fun but hey they 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 were trendsetters so i wanted those things so badly nintendo ruled the world from like 1986 to like 1993 i would say yeah, I'll give them. I'll yeah. give them to the end of the '64. You give them to the end. I'll give them. I think Sega gave them. I think Sega gave them a good WCW run for their money. Yeah. In, well, in a they, way. if they didn't mess up and just took the uh, agreed to go through with Sony, they'd still be on top. Yeah. So it's a shame. That's just me, though. That's that's another. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's another what if down is the that timeline. The, is that the Italian coming out in you? We're like an Italian. Like <laughs> my stepmom, my stepmom does that stuff where she gives me like advice, and then she'll go, "Ah, oh, what do I know?" Yeah. I don't know. Just in yeah, case a little it doesn't bit. pan out. A little bit. Maybe how cool would it have been? Nintendo, the Nintendo PlayStation was all just right there. 
all right there. Yeah, but pissed so, it away. I think it would be different because Nintendo doesn't take the chances with like the more mature games as in PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I think you would we would have lost out on probably some pretty decent games. Oh, probably. Well. Probably. And the classic press conference that we talked about. Oh, yeah. What was it? Like 199 and the walk away. The walk away. Yeah. I was at. Oh, I'll never forget that. Best moment. That was crazy. Very good, my dude. Very good. I knew that was going to find its way on your list. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. You're number one. All right. So mine has already been mentioned as well. Game Informer. Hell yeah. Is my number one. When I discovered GameStop, I discovered. Uh, I started going to GameStop in probably 2001 or 2002. It was right when EB Games was try- was starting to fold a little bit. That was a popular mall mainstay. EB went away. Babbage's was away. Yep. Um, so great. It, like it was, it was amazing to me. But though that the store was just dedicated to video games, buying and selling and trading used video games. Like holy Christ, it's amazing. Um, my dad signed us up for Game Informer. And we got this the the monthly subscription, um, got it in the mail, loved it, looked forward to it. Great covers, always excited to see what was going on. Oh, you know, was you know excited to see what was coming up. You know, great articles and these big profiles of new consoles and new like new massive games. I'll never forget my probably my favorite one they ever did. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas had. They dominated it, and we were like mind blown. We're like, wow, the graphics are never gonna get better. Look at this cool, the weapons and what you could do. You can go in people's houses. You could ride bicycles. It was an all white cover, and it had uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was CJ on the uh, on the cover of it. Beautiful, beautiful cover. Um, but yeah, they did retro game reviews and just just all sorts of fun stuff. It's honestly a great magazine. I had my entire bookshelf in my room was filled to the brim and i think one day this is a moment of weakness i was like what am i going to do with these and i let them go um but i know people who have held on to those for a considerably long time too so yeah um oh, it's a shame the things we could have had i know that we maybe that's an episode yeah in itself right maybe that's an episode things we wish we never threw away yeah, I mean, we kind of did. We did something yeah, yeah, similar we did. a few yeah, ago. That's true. Know. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll like, do a part two. Midlife crisis be like number one in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my career, yeah. everything. Everything. <laughs> Gotta have some, like, just guy off the street that you find at a bar that just got divorced and uh, see how awesome his list is. <laughs> God. All yeah, right, Dano, you're number one, buddy. So my number one, I have a very big bias towards, but it will be always be my favorite magazine of all time. It's been mentioned in some form uh, by both of you, but I have it in a different variation. So mine is Sports Illustrated for kids. Okay. So SI for kids, first of all, when I was a kid, it was such a great way to get to know sports. And this is coming from somebody who has the athletic talent of like a pogo stick. Okay. I have nothing. Like I just stand there. I do absolutely nothing. Um, But like, that was my way to get involved with it without actually having to go on the field. Um, They had the posters within every issue. Yep. So you pull the posters out. My room as a kid was like filled with old posters of like 
99 2000s players like it, it because my dad on used to subscribe to it and just keep the issues for me for when I got older so I just used to like read through them all the time and uh they had that they had the sports cards that you could pull out oh, the well, articles I did not know yeah right um the articles they put in each time were really good. Like sometimes athletes would talk about like the worst day they ever had where they did something stupid as a kid or like, you know, like all those moments, it just, it really humanized them and it put them in a really good light for kids. Um, but the specific reason I fucking love this so much, this will be Andrew, you're going to love this, that this is my favorite, um, magazine of all time. Um, when I was a kid, like I mentioned before, my dad is an illustrator. And this is the moment where I realized, oh, like, he actually does this for a living. Like, this is this is his thing, and he's good at it. Um, so he had told um, the teachers at my school, I used to go to school um, at a Catholic school, actually in this building, too. Um, but I brought in these prints that my dad had had of his work to show my teachers because they were interested in seeing like what he illustrated and what he did. So I showed them to my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Brompton. And then she sent me over to the first grade room. And in the first grade room, I'm showing um, these pictures and Mrs. Summer, the first grade teacher flips to one. That's an illustration of Tiger Woods in like a full tiger stripe print, like a caricature of him with a real big head swinging. Right. And he's, he's got a look on his face. Like he just hit a hole in one or something like that. <laughs> so one of the kids from the class stands up and points. He goes, that issue's in the library right now. And I go, what? And so we go upstairs, the issue, it was a cover of a sports illustrated for kids issue that he had done. So we That's go upstairs crazy. and the issue of, the magazine is sitting in the library and it's my dad's illustration that's sitting on the front of it. So I took it home. He signed it. They framed it. It sat to the library till the day the school closed. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. He told me this and I was like, I, I remember seeing this back in the day in my elementary school at GJ man in Niagara Falls. I remember seeing this book and like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's to think that his dad did this. It's and, the most bizarre. It it's really just hold on. I'm sending it to you right now, Andrew. Um it, it's the most amazing thing to think about to this day where I really realized the impact of oh, they are uh, people like know who my dad is and this is my dad's career and he's actually like known for. It was as someone who grew up, like grew up to do a career in art later on, that was so reassuring. Um, I think it was, it, it just defines like a turning point in my life hearing about that magazine. It's cool. Dude, it's powerful stuff, man. Andrew, you looking it up right now? Yeah, I see it. He, he sent it to me, but Facebook's, I don't know if, they, there we go. Because we're not. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you can't see this. Dan yeah, sent I know, it. right? But yet, when I get like 90,000, do you need me to approach your podcast things? Then that comes to I totally understand that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was it was a really cool moment. And my dad's caricature work is it is very similar to that. And he's always kept like 
a unique style. There's a Batman print in the studio right now that you can you can just see his tone. It's a very like his work. Um, but yeah, that that was my number one because there's a very big nostalgia and memory I, factor. That's my favorite, literally my favorite story. Your dad is so wow, freaking cool. Best. I was gonna tell my story about Sports Illustrated for kids, but no, please, 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 <laughs> we got time. So I didn't have it. My friend AJ had it, and you mentioned the sports cards. And at a certain point, I was just collecting Dan Marino cards because he's like my favorite football player of all time. And there was the special sports cards in there, and there was one of him with in his senior photo. And I, I remember AJ, that. It, with the afro and everything yes. and the nice 1970 suit and my friend aj was always that kid that was like very like particular about things and so i was like i want that card and he's like yeah but then i gotta rip it out and i'm like what do you want for it <laughs> i will give you i will give you anything and this is at the time where money was like not on the table all the way so <laughs> i was like do you want pogs what do, what do you want like toys anything i want that card and i think i ended up trading him a whole bunch of like uh like sports pogs for him but that was like the one card other than like the rookie card where i'm like yeah i got that because i just wanted this nice you know card of dan marino in a senior pitcher that's what i wanted uh, they used to do such cool like sports cards like that all the time. They yeah, do, every every book has of like, unique ones like them in grade school or something like that. But um, uh, they were so awesome. I used to have stacks of those uh, collectible cards at home for sure. Yeah, they, I mean they did cards of everything, everything. So, oh man, that was a fun list. It turned <laughs> out a lot better than I thought and than I expected it to. I'm very happy. A lot of memories brought up. And yeah, that's what. That's what it's all about for me. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you will obviously be back on the show. Yeah, um, I'm always I'm always here. Yeah, and, and I I think I'm gonna have to bring you on YAO too. I think I think we'd have a lot to talk about if uh if we got on there for an episode yeah. too. So we'll so we'll talk about that too. Uh, but that has been this episode of uh, Eat Sleep List. We will be back next week with another fun episode and possibly a fun guest. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how we'll see how the booking runs. Um, <laughs> let's see uh, how everybody does in fantasy this week. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Good luck. Um, I'm not doing so hot. No, me neither. Um, <laughs> I'm not oh, saying. I'm not saying anything about how I'm doing. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> Um, but this has been fun, guys. And from all of us here, from myself, Matt, and Andrew, do you even list?